Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Jennifer Rizzio, the founder of Soul Language, and I'm dedicated to providing my listeners with tangible tools to embody their divinity, create a life based on freedom. This is Ask and Answered by Soul, where we focus on topics that will guide you to listening and utilizing your essential nature. Today, I'm talking with Michelle Janae, and we're talking about imagery and inner wisdom. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Yay. <laughs> Um, So the first thing I always ask all of my guests is what has your soul shared with you throughout your journey? Like what's been the big kind of takeaway? Oh gosh, this is, I thought about this for a minute, but I think it's really in my face. And that's that I don't have to know all the answers. I don't have to be afraid to ask questions and all of the answers and all of the questions are within me or within source or the we are one so that doesn't exclude collaboration with other people but it certainly doesn't leave me disconnected from the equation I have much more power than I know I love that that's a great answer so we're really talking about imagery and wisdom today so let's start with what what does that really mean like I know that the universe talks and pictures right really talks in math but that's a whole nother story so what are we talking like about imagery and wisdom here like what do people need to know about what they're kind of quote seeing so they can really access that inner knowing well I think that the soul knows what it sees but the mind can get in the way so really with any kind of imagery what we're looking for is a meaningful connection and that's always subjective. So while there are archetypes and there are, there's a collective um, energy around certain things, still the interpretation comes down to an individual and how their particular window is shaped, (laughs) if that makes sense. So the, the imagery, whether it's real life imagery, seeing a cardinal appear on the bird feeder or some type of imagery that really does disconnect us from the thinking brain for a minute. The the cognitive function of analyzing is what I really mean to say. So when we get into an image, whether it's, a, again, a static kind of semi-abstract, semi-figurative image, like the types that I use, or some type of oracle, when we disconnect or, or quiet the analytical side we can actually ask our soul what the meaning is and it will just come bubbling forth. And that may be not the most practical answer because we want something more concrete, but it's the concrete really comes in the experience. Yeah. And so how do you, what do you suggest about people, you know, playing with that and understanding and how to make it more concrete? Like I tell people, keep a journal, you know, of like your hits and really understand your way of seeing what do you offer to clients so they can really understand what I call their database, their way of seeing? Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with you on the journal piece, the journal, putting it into words. So we're working with images, but when we put it back into words, that's like our second level of connection to really understanding things. So we, we don't ever want to completely divorce ourselves from the, the verbal mind or the left brain or anything like that, but we can use it to our advantage and we can concretize or make concrete these. Thank Im- you. Ooh, I love that word. <laughs> this, um, these images and meanings in our minds, but 
if we're not careful, if we don't use a journal, they can be like dreams that are just kind of lost to us. So really keeping a journal not only allows us to put it in one place in the moment, but then we can go back and we can actually see our story come to life before our eyes. And it is so powerful to go back and review, especially when you're in a funk, because I'll tell you what, your inner wisdom and that imagery and that meaning is going to just pop right out into your face again and go, I'm just waiting for you. I'm here whenever you need me, you know, kind of like this, this uh, fun, sarcastic little angel that's tapping its foot. Like, when are you ready to to get on the good side again? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, why do people kind of freak out when they start to see these imagery images and how do we support them into turning into that, to their inner knowing? Mm, great question. I think people freak out because they're not really taught to trust themselves. And so that thinking brain, the cognitive side does start to go into overdrive and it can usually be critical because what it draws forth, forth is what we focused on or we've been taught to focus on, which is the negative and the critical so really how we and how I help my clients is, is to kind of allow them, one, to work through it. And I use, I use a lot of inquiry. So when someone comes across some imagery that really is uncomfortable, they're, first of all, they're not even sure what the message is. They're just seeing something. And they haven't even really gone deeper into what it might mean. But they're seeing something that kind of puts them off. What we do is we ask the image to clarify itself. Mm. You know, what do you, what do you mean? for me, what, it, what does this really represent? And I've had clients move through some interesting stuff in different ways. One where the image said, no, that's not what you're seeing at all. Um, but sometimes we can get an image that is a little bit scary because it does represent, it's like the closest thing imagery can do to take us there. And then we can work through it without feeling like we're, we're actually, you know, we might see uh, prison bars or something. But what does that mean? That doesn't mean we're going to jail. What it means is where are we keeping ourselves stuck? So that process of inquiry just goes deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper um, with a, with a loving hand of of support. Yeah. It's like when people get the death card into row, right? It doesn't mean death necessarily. Most of the time it just means great change, right? Oh yes. And so I think so often people are using their mind to translate the imagery and it's really about i always go okay so if the divine your soul has given you an uh an image or a visual or a kind of a to-do thing and you can't get there ask questions like this is your opportunity to go back and forth and i think people don't really realize that there is a conversation to be had yes yes and too we're we're trying to get out of the literal so with the tarot the death card or you know the tower you see people falling out and now we actually have real live 9-11 footage that just really drives that home so we really do have to get out of the literal we have to almost get out of Hollywood get out of the mainstream media images that we can see that might relate to our imagery and really go deeper because things aren't always as they seem they're not always as they seem as they're presented to us on the big screen and certainly when we're working with our own inner screen we can find that the messages are deeper and they're really intended not for our destruction, but for our growth. Yeah. I think so often, you know, like we do everything, we're looking for the worst possible scenario, right? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, we can't tend to do that because we, it's a matter of survival. We, th- we want to be prepared, but it's really good to just imagine that just as easily as we can imagine that worst case scenario, we can imagine it's complete opposite and everything in between. So now with the creation of one additional possibility, the opposite, we, it's much easier to go, oh, many possibilities. And then we can start to relax and not think that it's going to be worst case scenario because that's all we can think about. Love that. When people are in this, what are some kind of standard imagery that is kind of universal? So people have some sense like, oh, okay. Well, I think that that there are many tarot cards. I mean, you can use tarot, but they can have some pre preconceived ideas about what the imagery might mean in any particular situation. And while again, they are universal. I kind of like to go to a a flowy scene. Um, Sunset pictures are great. Clouds are wonderful because we all see something different in the cloud. Oh, I see a puppy dog. Oh, I see. So something that's more suggestive and not definitive. So a photograph might not be the best place. You want to kind of look for something a little fuzzier so that you can really use your imagination, if that makes sense. Not a blurry picture, but a fuzziness in the sense that it's not super defined love that when what has been like your experience about imagery where you were like it took you a while to kind of kind of get what that meant oh gosh you know this happens all the time because I think with with working with imagery we're, we're always changing in fact by the time you've met me and you think you know me, I've already changed. So at the same happens with imagery, right? Because you've changed at the same time. So when we're working with imagery, sometimes it's actually more important to sit with the questions and not always be looking for that hard pat answer. So this happens to me all the time, whereas sometimes I'll get, I'll work with an image and I'll do the dialogue and I'll get some answers that are kind of so-so. But when I go back and I rework the image or I bring it forward into whatever circumstance I am now, which is obviously different, even if it's similar, it's different. The imagery changes is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really important. And I think it's really about asking questions and continuing, right. To reevaluate and also make some notes that if you keep getting the consistent imagery, and it, find, and it turns out to mean the same thing, make notes about that. So when you see it again, you can always ask that question, is, is this the true meaning? But then you also go, oh, like I get a lot of Star Trek references. I know what that means, but my <laughs> client might not, right? So I have to translate it. Right. Why is it so important for people to really be in touch with this inner, inner wisdom? Wow, because I think that's that's our connection. I mean, that's that's where we both feel like we can touch the sky and we're grounded. We there's a theory called the self-expansion theory and it's that if we're expanding and we're growing and we're making meaning of our life, then life is more satisfactory. And it's it's a more important now than ever because people are so dissatisfied, they feel so disconnected. So really feeling like you have a taproot on something that you don't always have to look outside for answers, right? Because there's 
I think um, it, you and I were talking the other day, and if I can repeat your phrase here, it just perfectly describes it. It's life by jury. Mm. So we almost have to like sit in the seat of, and I don't want to say judge, but somebody that's got a little more, you know, the wisdom keeper where we can kind of have this dialogue with our ego self and this wisdom keeper so that we can like bring it all together and keep life straight and not feel like we have to get the consensus from 50 different sources outside of us. I'm nodding my head. Yeah, I think that's really important. Life by jury never works, right? It's certainly not satisfactory. It, it's <laughs> the appearance of working, but I think there's there's this existential crisis that just rumbles beneath what may look like, uh, you know, smooth sailing above. What has been that big question that you've been asking yourself lately? Oh, how do I show up? Mm, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's been asked across the board in different ways. Like, how can I be of service? How can I show up? What can I, you know, um, I think I've heard it from almost everyone I've interviewed. And I think that tells you something big, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? Um, they can find me at oldsoularchaeology.com. Um, Michelle Janae at gmail.com is an easy way to reach me. I'm fairly Googleable. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's, it's not real hard. Oldsoularchaeology.com best way to find me in the Old Soul Archaeology Facebook group. Beautiful. And my last question for you is, well, I have two last questions. The first mm-hmm. one is, what is the one thing you want people to remember from our conversation today? That the the thing that my soul told me is exactly the same thing that their soul is telling them. They don't have to know all the answers. It's okay to ask questions. And all of the answers and all of the questions are within them from inner wisdom, higher self, and the we are one principle, the collective. So we, we really aren't he, here on the island alone. It, it is collaborative, but not exclusive. Nice. Um, and if you were a magnet on whatever you call your higher powers refrigerator, what would your magnet say? Oh my gosh, this one, I think I thought I had an answer for it. Now I don't. The only, the word that comes to my mind is just shine. It's not a bad answer. (laughs) Be your brilliant self, just shine. And I think that when we tap into inner wisdom, that the divine source is going to give us everything from that refrigerator. We need to do so. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom today. And I always love having conversations with you because they're interesting. Well, Jennifer, you're a great conversationalist. So thank you for having me. It's an honor. And thank you to your guests for tuning in. Thank you, everyone. You've been listening to Ask and Answered by Soul. And of course, I'm Jennifer Urizio. And don't forget to share this podcast with your community, leave a review, rate it, leave a comment. Of course, you can contact me directly, but here's the thing. I want you to really pick one of the guests you've listened to and reach out. These are really amazing freaking people. And I really love everyone that comes on because I'm a Brett and I don't want to talk to anyone I don't like. So reach out, gain some wisdom um, and really do a deep dive into you. So thanks for listening and bye for now.
Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.